What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey guys, we just wanted to uh, say a quick something up top. Obviously, uh, most of our episodes are recorded pretty far in advance. This one was recorded uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe even a few weeks ago, um, with a really amazing guest uh, that we're excited for you to listen to. But we just wanted to make sure that we said up top, you know, we want to address everything that's going on because obviously it's a very uh difficult time right now and uh hopefully direct you if you are someone who feels like overwhelmed and kind of like I don't know what to do or where to start um direct you to some some resources uh that that you can be helpful yeah um so first of all uh if you text floyd uh to 55156 that will automatically send you a link um, to a petition to sign to demand justice for George Floyd takes literally like 30 seconds. I feel like that is one of the quickest, easiest things you can do and feel like you are um, having your voice be heard and making an impact. So uh, highly recommend doing that. Yeah. And you can also contact Minneapolis district attorney, Mike Freeman. The phone number is 612-348. 5550 to request that the officers are charged. Um, and I recommend calling them. Uh, their business hours are Monday through Friday, um, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. So just a heads up on that. I tried calling over the weekend. You can't get through. So keep it to a weekday and we should be able to make a difference that way as well. Yeah. And then if you're looking for places to donate, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to find them on social media right now. Um, one post that we've all posted and put up on the self-helpless page, um, if you haven't seen it, uh, has, has been posted by a lot of people and it directs you to like six different places, the GoFundMe for the Floyd family, Minnesota Freedom Fund, Black Visions Collective, Reclaim the Block, Campaign Zero, and Unicorn Riot. Somebody messaged me this morning and said that the Minnesota Freedom Fund has actually gotten so much support that they're like, they are now directing people to other organizations as well so um Mm. it's it's not hard to to find places to donate if you're looking to do that but i understand 
feeling very like overwhelmed and going, where do I even start? Um, there's also, you know, if you want to help support people who are protesting and being arrested and whatnot, there's, there's a lot of resources for that as well. Yeah. The point is just do what you can, you know, everybody's in different positions, um, to help and, and just do everything you can right now. And we love you. We're sending everybody love during this really hard time. Yeah. And, uh, I just want to say, you know, I'm, I'm speaking for myself as well. Like, it's all of our individual responsibility to educate ourselves on this. And there's a lot of incredible resources out there, especially that are popping up right now that are very accessible. And um, I think we can all do better. Like we can all look more into this and, and become better allies and be open to, to growth. And uh, yeah, totally. It's just pretty horrific. So, yeah. <sighs> all right. Uh, yeah, love you guys, and um, here is this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. I'm Kelsey Cook. And I'm Taylor Tomlinson. And today we have an amazing guest who was so very open um, about uh, sharing with us her experience raising a child with special needs. She happens to be my wonderful cousin who's also a teacher and just like very type A, so perfect for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, she talks about her her son, Harrison, who's 12 years old, uh, who was diagnosed with fragile X syndrome when he was six weeks old. Uh, so without further ado, here is Josephine. You guys, we are so excited for today's guest. We have Josephine here with us. She is an incredible teacher. She's my beautiful cousin. Uh, actually, if, you, if you've seen some of my stand-up, if you've heard of my vagina spray joke, that shit is about her. And uh, she's also a parent of a child with special needs. And I wanted to dive into this topic because I don't think it's discussed enough. I think a lot of people shy away from conversations like this, uh, which prevents everyone collectively from getting the education necessary for us to show up in a compassionate, supportive way. And especially during quarantine with access to services being affected for children with special needs, their parents and so on. Uh, I felt this was a really important uh, topic to address. So Josephine, please welcome Josephine to the show. (laughs) So happy to have you. You made me feel so important. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, we love that you're here, and uh, let's uh, let's kick it off with your favorite or least favorite quote, if you have one. I did. I they, I was asked to email it to. It's um it's actually from Maya Angelou. It's like do your best until you know better, and then when you know better, do that or it's something like that. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love sounds that. Good. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds about right. right. And I I love the quote uh, that you also said uh, that your son says every day. You want to share every that day. So my son Harrison is um, twelve. He just turned twelve, and 
He's the one who has special needs and every day he must have gotten it from like a TV show or some YouTube video or whatever. But every day he comes over to me and he gives me a hug and he'll go, Oh, it's a perfect day. So I kind of want to, I want to put that on like one of those wooden signs. Yeah. Put it on my wall somewhere. Oh, I love that. That is precious. I know every day. It's a perfect day when he's in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> when he's in trouble, he'll come up to me and go, oh, it's a perfect day. <laughs> like, is it though? I know, right? <laughs> so right now no, I'm kind of pissed at you. That not perfect. so cute. It's so sweet. Cute. It is sweet. <laughs> he's amazing. Um, so Josephine, if you don't mind just kind of giving us some background, like, can you take us back to when you found out that Harry had special needs <gasps> and what that experience was like? So it was crappy. Um, So I have two kids, right? My other one is 14 or yeah, 14. And uh, I had had him. I was, you know, I'm one of five siblings, right? And Delaney's like the bonus sibling in our, in our family. Um, So I was pregnant and I had already had one baby and I had no issues or complications with that one at all. And then, um, I got pregnant again uh, when my older one was about two and a half. So they'd be about two, three years apart. Right. And so my sister um, was also pregnant at the same time when I was pregnant with the second one. And she was, I was heading towards my last trimester and she was heading, she was just in the very beginning of her pregnancy. And I I remember this so distinctive, like distinctly, like it was yesterday. She called me on the phone and she said, Hey, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, what is it? And she had just found out she was pregnant. Um, you know, she, she was doing like her beginning blood work and all that kind of stuff that you do. And she said, I found out I'm a carrier for fragile X syndrome. And I said, well, what's that? Right. That's the first thing people usually say is what is that? And she said, it is basically, it's inherited mental impairment. I'm like, what? <laughs> and she said, it's genetic. It kind of, it's like, she said, my doctor says it's almost as, it's the second most common thing after Down syndrome. And I said, okay, well, don't worry about it. You know, it was very like, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. I'm sure you're fine. You know, that kind of thing. She's like, Josephine, it's, an, it's genetic. And I, I wasn't registering what that was, what she was saying to me. And she said, well, that, and I go, okay. And she said, well, that means you could be a carrier too. And I said, well, my doctor didn't say anything to me about that. So she said, well, does your doctor screen you for that? Because, you know, they screen you for all kinds of things, Down syndrome, um, sickle cell, depending on your race or your ethnicity or whatever, you know, there's certain things that are common for certain people. And I said, I don't even know if they tested me for that, but I had one son already and he was fine, right? There was no, nothing. So I called the doctor the next day and I said, do you, you know, do you test for fragile X syndrome? And they said, no, why? And then I said, well, my sister's pregnant and she also found out she's a carrier. So what does that mean for me? And they said, you need to go to a genetic counselor. So I made an appointment with a genetic counselor and I'm basically, I want to say, I don't even know how pregnant I was. I was six, seven months pregnant. 
I was getting there, you know, so I'm having this baby no matter what, because I just, I'm at that point in the pregnancy. Um, so I went to a genetic counselor. They said, you know, it's a simple DNA test. We can find out, you know, in about two weeks, whether or not you're also a carrier or whatever. So, and this was, you know, I'm sure testing has changed now. This was, you know, 12 years ago. So I got the test. I was at work. I remember at the time the doctor calls me, I pick up the phone. They said, you are also a carrier. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And they said, well, you have a, that means you have a 50% chance of having a child with mental impairment. 50? 50%, right? That's like a huge, so I had one that wasn't, you know, and I had, and I found out I had the same risk with the first one. I had no idea. Wow. Wow. So I had no idea. So I then went and I started reading everything I could find. And it is the second most inherited um, form of mental impairment after Down syndrome. And it, it affects boys more severely than girls because typically because girls have two X chromosomes. So oftentimes one will make up for the other. So they're typically higher functioning, even though um, there are some severely, func- severely affected women or girls but it's typically um, more profound in boys because they only have one X chromosome. So that's it. So I have, an, I have a 12 year old, but he functions more, he's on the more severe side. So he functions more like a two, three year old probably. Hmm. And right? you mentioned Josephine that like the, when you first found out that first step you took uh, was like signing up for Facebook and looking into like, where does it members? come from? Where does it come from? Like, does, then, does anybody we know, does anybody I'm related to have kids with special needs? Like, right. it, it might look like autism. Oftentimes it's mistaken as autism. Um, and, but there's a genetic component to it. So yeah, that's what I did. When I found out, I'm like, oh crap, what am I supposed to do? The doctor said, okay, so you have a 50% chance of having a child with special needs basically. And so I'm towards the end of my pregnancy and they said, we could do an amnio, which is when they stick that big needle in and pull fluid and test the baby. They said, but you're so far along that, you know, an amnio is not necessarily the safest thing. It could put you into preterm labor. And then if there's nothing wrong with the baby and then you go into early labor, you could cause the baby to have problems. Hmm. So, um, and so I'm, I'm, I literally have no option to do anything. Not that I would, but. Uh, there's no option. I'm having a child and he may or may not be mentally impaired, right? Um, he may, may or may not have cognitive delay. I have no idea. And that was like two months before you gave birth. Yes. So I was literally the anxiety and the anxiety was terrible. The anxiety was terrible. I would literally go on line and look at stuff, all the things you should not do, all the things you should not do. You should not look up anything online. You should not watch YouTube videos because most people just post worst case scenarios. Oh, this, that, and the other. I read so many mom blogs, you know, and I'm just setting myself up, but maybe I had this internal knowing, I don't know. So, um, he was born. Um, I had a really good delivery. All of that was normal. And they, you know, before we left the hospital, um, they did a blood draw and then it took over a month to get the results. 
because God, the yeah it, it, it was like about five or six weeks so he wasn't he was like five or six weeks before I even found out but by that time it's like okay well my he's my baby and he's like he just looks like a baby like I was right. just <laughs> didn't know what to expect right just people with um people with fragile x syndrome especially as infants you know it's not like other syndromes where there's definite like facial features or you know things like that um in fragile x syndrome and especially in boys and what i'm seeing now the the kind of facial features people talk about like ears that stick out or an enlarged forehead that's a common one they don't really come around until about puberty right so he just looked like a baby you know and um and the doctor i when i went to the pediatrician the pediat and i said well do you know anything about this and he's like no he said most doctors, you know, may have one or two patients in their career that have this. And I'm like, oh, of course. And I'm the one, right? I'm your one. Wow. Oh, so man. I, oh. my, my next step was to find a pediatrician that I knew that would know about it. So that was my next step. So I found a really good pediatrician who we've been with since he was a baby. Um, and I'm dying right now because he's pretty much on the verge of retirement. Yeah. and is only like only sees patients part-time and uh so I found a good developmental pediatrician who knows about it and that kind of thing so that's been good but literally there's no they don't really know what to tell you right and a lot of it is you know he was a baby so he's gonna do regular baby things so when you when you have a child and you know they have something I didn't know in the beginning, like, well, is this because he has fragile X syndrome or is this because he is six months old? You know, right, so right, I, I didn't right. know. So, right. you know, at that moment I become like, I want to be the hero. And I think that, okay, well, I have a diagnosis. So then my feeling is how do I fix it? Right. But you can't, you can't fix it. it it's not going to ever be fixed. So it was about then well, what do you, what do you do when you have a child with special needs? So years earlier, I had had a student who had, um, Asperger's and, or high functioning autism. I don't know if you call it Asperger's anymore. Is that, I don't know what the, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, but he, no, had, he, yeah. had, he was on the autistic spectrum and, um, his mother was like this warrior for him, right? She was a huge advocate. And, um, I called her and I still had her contact info and I, and I called her and I just said like, what do I do? What, what do I do? Wow. And she's yeah. like the first people, you know, I'm in California. So she said the first, the first thing you need to do is call the regional center. So California has what they call regional centers. So they handle children and adults with disabilities, you know, and at this point he's just considered at risk for delay. He's a baby. Babies don't do anything. They just lay there and sleep and eat and, so I like, I don't know, what do I do? Like, how do I fix this or whatever? So his intervention started really early. So I started getting early, early intervention to make sure he would meet his milestones, like clapping and crawling, all these things we don't even think about, we, you know, like we just do them. Right. But he has to be, he literally has to be taught everything. So, um, and it takes a long time. So that's where I went. I, I found, I, I, found a doctor. I got in touch with, 
whoever the resource was, it was the regional center there, you know, they, they came and they basically said, we're going to take, you know, we, we take on these cases, right. And we will help you find services as you need them. Yeah. So by the time he was a year old, he was getting early intervention. He started getting, you know, by the time he was 18 months, he was in speech therapy. He had physical therapy. He had occupational therapy. So my life now becomes this, like, all I do is therapy. And st- I'm still doing that. <laughs> so I'm still doing that. Yeah. But I'm, I yeah. try to be yeah. very aggressive and proactive. So right. Yeah, in this you sense, are. Right? So yeah. because what else am I going to do? Right. Right. So, so Josephine, when you, when you found out, uh, so Harry was what, six weeks old, right? About five uh, or six weeks five old. Five or yeah. six weeks. So can you, um, if you're comfortable with it, can you take us back to that moment of like that phone call and yes. the thoughts that <laughs> filled your head and like how you felt and like, how'd you feel towards also like your sister whose baby didn't have it and all the thoughts, if you're willing to share that. So so this is what, this is interesting. So I had made a deal with the pediatrician. So this is before we switched pediatricians. So, you know, when they tested him, um, I took him to the same pediatrician for my, as my older one. And he's like, we're going to, you know, they tested his blood in the hospital. And so, you know, he basically said to me, you know, we'll know in time. And he's like, well, how do you want me? He's like, what do you want to do? He's like, I don't want to, so we made the deal that he was going to call me into the office regardless of the results, right? Okay. So I would go in and I would get the results in person, not over the phone. Mm. So when I got the phone call to tell me to come in, I knew he had it. And the reason why I knew he had it is because I was thinking to myself, if I were a doctor and he didn't have it, I would just say, you don't need to come in. He doesn't have it. He's fine. <laughs> right. Uh, so right. my, right. Cause he, you know, that's anxiety provoking. So right. I'm right. like, he has it. And then, um, my husband at the time, because I've had two, my, <laughs> husband, my husband at the time, um, was like, you don't know that you don't know that he, you, you made a deal that you're, that you were going to go in no matter what. And I said, no, he has it because he would just tell me if he didn't, he wouldn't put me through that. Yeah. So sure enough, we go in, we went in as a family and he said there was, he was reading the chart. He was trying his best. You know, he's like, um, he has what we call a a full mutation. And I thought, what does that mean? He's like, I, I don't really know. I just know that means that he has it. He has fragile X syndrome, how it's going to look. We don't know. Cause like, other, you know, other genetic issues, you know, abnormalities, like there, it's an umbrella. There's some, some people who are super high functioning and some people who are not. So, um, you know, how it's going to look depends on, you know, how aggressive you are with services, um, how involved, you know, just how involved you are and that kind of thing. So at that point I made it my mission then to learn everything about it, find other people, um, and like this whole kind of world opened up to me, right? Because now I'm connecting with people who I, my mission was to find other people whose kids had it because I didn't know anybody. I'd never even heard of it. So then I connected with the, I looked online. I found the Southern California Fragile X Association who was probably, they were probably my first link to, they were, they were my first link to other people. Mm. And so, um, 
you know, and as soon as you email their info, you know, they're, let us know if you have any questions or whatever. I'm like, I'm an, I'm a new mom. I ha- I just got this diagnosis. What, what, please, what do I do? Right. I remember they, a lady from there who still to this day, I talk to every once in a while, she called me, you know, and, and then I, then I ended up find I ended up finding the mind Institute in, um, the Mind Institute at UC Davis, which is a Fragile X research kind of clinic, and they research um, um, genetic yeah. disorders and whatnot. Yeah. And we went up to Sacramento, and we met with the doctor up there, um, Dr. Rodney Hagerman, who's um, kind of world-renowned in the research, the field of Fragile X research. Yeah. So it was just about like connecting all these dots. And then, and then I remembered, but the best advice I got was I decided to go to, um, I had decided to go to like a Fragile X Association board meeting because, you know, I was going to be this like hero now. Right. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and I remember I brought him with me and he was in his carrier because he was just like 10 weeks old or something like that at this point. And she looked at me and she said, you know, it was another mom who had a child with fragile X and she just said, you know, he's just a baby right now. Just enjoy that because mm. that's going to go fast. Like your other kid, you know, just enjoy him being a baby. Yeah. It's all very gradual, like all the delays. Right. Mm. So then you asked me about how did I feel about my sister? Well, I love my sisters as you know, right. They're yeah. like my best friends. And, um, the hardest thing, and it's still a little bit hard now is, you know, my sister who was pregnant at the same time as me, her son was born about three months after and he's unaffected. So to watch them grow up side by side, it's been a little bit hard. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay, Joe. I don't cry unless I think about it, which is amazing. So that's been a little bit hard, but He's also my nephew, who I adore. Um, he's in one of my classes at school. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, he kind of, rep- he's almost serves as the little brother my older son didn't get. Do you know what I mean? So it's been interesting. Yeah. So you're, yeah. When, like, when you find out, you kind of went into, like, problem-solving mode in a way, like yes. survival mode. Yes. And maybe didn't fully kind of, no, uh, you're, I, you're like me. I mean, you, we're all very similar kind of personalities. Yes. Okay, now what? X, Y, and Z. And then when you finally like get still and you think about yeah. these things, that's kind of when it hits you, like what's going on. And it, so it was like that. Yes. It was very yeah. much like, how do I fix it? Even though it can't be fixed. How do, yeah. What am I going to do? How am I going to work full time and have another child and still be his mom right. and now have this massive therapy schedule on my plate? Right. But like that whole, it takes a village. It does. Like it really does. You know, my mom would step in and, you know, I I have a work meeting, mom, can you do the therapy with her, with him today or whatever? You know, like everybody steps, everybody overwhelmingly like helped. I remember I hosted like a fragile X awareness day for my family. I made everybody a binder. You're so type A. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) I I made everybody a binder. I invited people over. We watched a video. Like, a <laughs> yeah, the teacher and you came out. Yeah. The, yes. The teacher yeah. and me came out and thank God, thank God. I, I am a teacher because I don't know. And this, I don't know how some parents are doing it right now with yeah. no school in place. Like 
I'm very fortunate that even though, you know, I'm in quarantine, but I am teaching, like I'm still teaching online, like full time, which has been a real challenge, like hard. And then I have my kids at home. So managing their school, but with Harrison, he's not like, I can't just say, go do your math homework. I've got to do it. And I've got to sit with him. Right. So, and I've got to do his therapy via telehealth. So I'm literally on a zoom call, a minimum of three hours a day. We do one in the morning and one in the afternoon on Wednesdays, we add an OT session, occupational therapy. And then his teacher has a class zoom, you know, everything has to be, he's dependent on me for like life. So I'm not, I've gained like 50 pounds (laughs) since we've been in here. (laughs) Terrible. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, well, before, because I, I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of dig into like how the services have changed and stuff like that. Before we kind of get into that, can you kind of speak on, um, you know, I think a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about children with special needs, parents of children with special needs, all of that stuff. Can you kind of talk about experiences of like you being in public with Harry and the fact that he's 12, but you, you said that it's more like having, you know, two or three year old in a lot of ways and the things people have said to you or things like that, where they're either accidentally offensive or they're just blatantly rude or like, can you kind of talk about some? Oh yes. Those people (laughs) are great. (laughs) So you know, I think it was worse before. I think people over the last, you know, 12 years of this, I think more people are evolving. I don't know. I mean, there's so many different kinds of people now and so many things are acceptable now than maybe 12 years ago. Um, but people can be jerks. Like um, in the big, when he was younger, it was easier to mask because he was, you know, three and what three-year-old is not having a tantrum in the middle of target. Right. Right. Well, not all of them, but mine did. <laughs> and then, and then um, even the other one is fine. <laughs> um, but people will just come up. People just think they can come up to you and tell you how to parent, which is interesting because I don't think I can do that. I would never do that, but I'm also, I'm, I like, don't like conflict. So I don't, you know, he'd be, you know, yelling loud. He's got some vocal stemming. So he, he does this thing where it sounds like he's eating, like eating, you go eating. And I remember I was up on the third street promenade in the gap 
and this woman and he's like and he's really hyper so he like bounce up and down and kind of flap a little bit like his hands this was years ago and this woman comes up to me and he's making noises and he's happy he's like happy and I'm actually like oh I can he's happy I can shop right now because normally I can't yeah. it's hard to do that so and this woman looks at me and I'm with my sisters mind you she looks at me and she's all, can't you make him shut up? Oh my God. Oh. So my sister, Karen, she went ape shit on this woman. Like it was good for Karen. She went off on <laughs> this yeah, woman. yeah, Karen. Yeah, baby. She went off on her, right? And she, she's looked at her and she's like, how dare you? And then, and then the woman, the woman felt bad, obviously. And then she came up to me and I just looked at her and I said, I hope, I said something like, I hope, I hope you, I said something like, I hope you don't ever have a child with special needs because you'd be a shit mom or something like that. I just, I just said something. I don't remember what I said, but it's like, it's, uh, when I look at him, it's obvious to me, like, obviously this is not a a neurotypical child, right? So why would you even think that's okay? But then I was like, oh, maybe he, maybe people think he is neurotypical because he doesn't have like, you know, when you see somebody with certain, like when you see somebody with Down syndrome, you know, you, they have Down syndrome, right? They have, there's facial features, you know, he doesn't have that. So he looks fairly normal. And so normal, quote unquote, right? Um, he looks fairly typical. And so people, when, you know, when things come out of his mouth, they don't, it doesn't match what he looks like chronologically, right? So he's 12, but he'll be flat out in the middle of the parking lot having a t- meltdown because we're going into Target rather than Home Depot or whatever. And right. it wasn't what he expected. So he'll just plop in the middle of the ground and um, he's got no safety awareness. And so people will just feel free to like come up to him and be like, are you okay? What's wrong with you? Why, why is he crying? You know, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. what? That's right? insane. People are so nosy. People are very nosy. And so then I, then at that point, I got these little business cards that the fragile access, the fraxa.org, fragile, fraxa.org is um, like the fragile X research organization website, whatever. And um, they make these little business cards. I don't know if they still do that basically are informational. Like my, this is my child this is what he has. If you have any questions or if he's disturbing you or whatever, like you can pass them out. So that was the next thing I need to educate people. Right. That was the next thing on my list. Um, so now, you know, and at first that was really, I took, so I took those things so personally, like, how dare you? Now I just like, now I'm just like, you're stupid. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're stupid. Really? So, but people do, they stare, they want to know if everything's okay. Can I help you? That's my least favorite one. Do you need some help? (laughs) And I said, no, thank you. You know, I have a child with special needs. Obviously I don't need your help, but thank you. And I don't know why I get upset about that because I know deep down, most people are trying to be thoughtful and they think they're helping you, which is really nice. But um, my favorite comments are, 
the ones from parents like just hang in there mom you know like I like yeah. those ones you know or just like I got one at home you know it doesn't even have special needs like I, I like those right comments. yeah right. the best thing the best parking lot comment I got was a mom came up to me um Harrison was making his sounds that he makes and um a mom comes up to me and she's like I don't want to offend you but does your son have fragile X syndrome? And I looked at her and I'm all, oh, yes. Do you know what that is, right? And she's like, yes, my son has it. And so it was like wow. a whole, but, but she knew, she recognized some of the symptoms or some of the, I guess the symptoms or yeah. things that he was doing. She wow. recognized that. And that was like the greatest. And so, so I just, I don't know. So when people get it, it's like, oh, thank God somebody gets it yeah. because yeah. a lot of people just don't, they don't know, or they just think, you know, that kid's having a tantrum or whatever. It's, it's right. really hard to take him places. So we have to practice community outings. Like I have to go places with the idea that I'm just going to go and then leave oh. to like practice, mm-hmm. practice going into a place, following along with the shopping cart or whatever, because he'll run away or you know, go to where he wants to go. So we have to practice those outings, you know? Right. So right. right now I'm training him to wear a mask because mm. oh wow, he can't wear a mask. We're up to five seconds. <laughs> so he literally can tolerate it for five seconds. And we practice that like five or 10 times a day. We d- I time it. So we like set the timer on my phone. The timer goes off. He gets like a reward after he does it five times. He gets like five minutes on his iPad or something. Like we're training him yeah. to wear a mask. It's like it's like exposure therapy or something in a way, right? Like all these things that you have to train. It's like a few seconds at a time, and you slowly get yeah. You know, longer, so we're longer. gonna and when he can do it so many times at five seconds, then we'll increase the time. Right. So we're, we're I, so he gets he gets something called ABA, which is Applied Behavioral Analysis. It's like behavior therapy to, you know, functional life skills, like shoe tying and, um, you know, brushing your teeth and things like that. That's what we're doing three hours a day of. And, um, so that's some, they've added a goal for him to wear a mask because who knows, I can't, I won't be able to take him anywhere. You know, he's right. cause he's 12. So, you know, they say any, anybody, you know, two and up or three and up has to wear a mask in certain places. So I have to yeah. train him to wear a mask. So I'm worried now that he won't want to leave the house <laughs> after it's over. Uh, like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I, he's been stuck I at home. Lot, uh, I have a lot more questions for you, Josephine, but Taylor, Kelsey, do you have any questions uh, that have come up for you um, that you want to ask Josephine about before I get into a couple more? Oh my gosh. I mean, you're so thorough and you, you talk about it really long winded. No, I, no, really. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm learning so much just listening to you. And I mean, I, I feel like you are such a wonderful person to have had a child with this because you're so, like you said, proactive and, you know, informed and you have found all these resources and you've like become a resource for other people who are going through the same thing, which is so amazing and so needed. And I'm like, I'm really just like sitting here in awe of you, honestly. Oh, that's really thoughtful. What's so funny is like, 
when people ask me questions, um, I forget how, I forget that my normal is not the same as other people's normal. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is just my normal. Like you don't have three hours of zoom therapy every, not, we don't use zoom, but you don't have three (laughs) hours of telehealth therapy every day, you know, or whatever. Like I just, it's just part of my routine at this point. So, um, when people look at me and go, you do that or that he does that or whatever, I'm just like, oh yeah. But I forget that for other people, that's like so weird or so what, or different, you know, I, I just forget that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so. Yeah. And uh, so, so you said, you know, you have, you have one son with special needs, one who does not have special needs. How yeah. has, how has raising them been different, but also the same? Can you kind of speak to those? Okay. Things? So, yeah. So I, I would say the biggest thing that someone told me early on, and it's really hard to do, um, was to, you know, treat them the same way, hold them to the same expectations. You know, if you ask the older one one time and he doesn't do it, you know, that's wrong. That you get, there's a consequence for that. So with, with the, with Harrison, you know, he processes things slower. It's, you know, what takes one kid three times to learn, it takes him 103 times to learn, you know? So, but just to be consistent I think is the most important thing for any parent, really. I mean, I'm no expert in parenting at all by any means, but consistency is this, like, you have to be consistent with any child. So special needs or not. It's really easy to let, like, guilt creep in because, you know, I was the carrier, so I feel guilty, you know, that kind of Uh, thing. But I was told very quickly early on to nip, like, nip that feeling in the bud. It's not, you know, I didn't do anything on purpose kind of a thing. And, um basically to just try to be consistent, you know, what you hold one to, you hold to the other. It just might take longer. Um, Harrison is very typical in many ways, the things he likes, um, the things he enjoys, you know, it's been hard on our family just because we can't do a lot of things. Like we, we can't go to a movie as a family. So, because Harrison won't sit through a movie. So we go to the special needs showing, which is not always fun for my older one, but, you know, we try to do what we can. So um, I feel sometimes like I neglect the older one because I have to spend so much time working with the little one. Um, But I'm sorry. What was your question? How has been the same? How has been different? So it's been the same and it's been the same in that, um, you know, keeping them accountable, being consistent. Um, holding them to responsibilities in the house. So like Harrison is lower functioning, but he still can do chores. You know, he can Mm. put his shoes in his closet. He can clear the table. So, you know, trying to do those kinds of things um, is kind of like, you know, I have two kids, they're different, but they're both, you know, Harrison can do things. He's capable. It's just a matter of getting him to do it and teaching him how, and then being consistent. Yeah. So absolutely. it's, um, it's hard as a family though. Cause we can't like just, Hey, let's all go to the movies or let's do this. You know, it's everything has to be planned out. Okay. Right. Well, what are, where are my reinforcements? I got to have my, 
bag with my snacks in it, with iPad, with the, you know, I have to have this little like sticker chart with me. Like everything has to be planned. What is Harrison going to need? Do we need to take two cars to this event in case one of us has to go home early with him? So yeah. it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that. Yeah. And, uh, and oh, oh yeah, go ahead, oh, Kelsey. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to ask how, um, how do you navigate um, having a marriage? Oh uh, my god! Well, the... I told you there was two. <laughs> I would imagine it's incredibly difficult. To... It is difficult. So, um, so my 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 husband now is not their father. He's their stepdad which is a whole other story. You should, oh my gosh, you should do a show on overweight middle-aged moms with special need kids who are looking for a husband or dates. <laughs> like that would be a good show. So, right? Okay, so uh, I was married to their dad for several, several years. Like we were together 15 years. Uh, it is very, having kids when you're married is just a strain on your marriage it's a strain on your marriage anyway, right? right? Because it's about the kids and not, you know, everything becomes about the kids, but then you add a disability on top of that. So now you add a child to the mix that now has special needs. It becomes even more of a strain. So, right. and that's not why we divorced at all, but it was very difficult because, you know, like I said, I was very focused on getting him the right therapy getting him the right this, getting him the right doctor, getting, and I took charge in that sense, you know, that it became my entire world that I'm sure my marriage suffered because of that. Um, and now I'm married to a wonderful man who's also a teacher. So, um, and he's, he's better with Harrison than I am. I think sometimes like he's really good about holding him accountable and keeping consistency and managing therapy if I have an appointment or something like that. Like he totally is great, but it, it is a strain and you really do have to make time for your marriage. Um, otherwise, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't know. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So I was a single mom for not very long and it was very hard. So kudos to the single moms who have children with special needs. Yeah. Um, but um you know, it's, it's probably a big reason why my first marriage failed is be just because I was so focused on my child, you know, but right. maybe that's because he wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you're listening, I hope he's not listening. Throw that shade. I know. Um, I'm just kidding. It's all good. Well, it's all good. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's, you know, to have kids and try to not only find time for the marriage, but just to find time for yourself, to take care oh of yourself, God. to have your alone time. And um, I mean, I think that also speaks volumes of your current husband who came into um, oh, a relationship yeah. with you. I mean, I've, I've heard, I don't know from experience, but heard from single moms that are like, ah, when, when do I introduce that information into this that, that atmosphere? Was- Yes, that was, that was a, 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 that was the thing. So, so I had gotten, you know, divorced and I didn't want to be alone. Right. And so, cause at this point, you know, I'm this, I'm this, I was 37 when I got divorced. So here I'm like, okay, I'm almost 40. I have two kids. One of them has special needs. Like, who's going to go out with me, <laughs> right? Like, who's going to go out with me? And so um, I, I met this man. He knew I had kids. But then that's the thing. I said, I, I, I told him right away. I yeah. said, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Or I, I have two kids and one of them. And he was three at the time. He was, or he was three or four at the time. So he was young. So at that point, he... We didn't really know how it would look when he would be 12. So that was probably, it was probably easier for, I don't know. Right. I wonder now, I should ask him, would you still go out with me now with, with the 12 year old? <laughs> I'm um, sure he would. He's not Yeah. Good. I just, I told him right away. I didn't wait because I wasn't going to waste my time. I said, I have a child with special needs. This is what he has. Read about it. Here's a website. If it's a deal breaker, tell me now. Yeah. Take a card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take a card. Yeah. Go to fraxa.org. I'll give you a few days. I have a binder. You know? yeah. I, yeah. I do. Here's a pamphlet. Here's a pamphlet and the business card. I'll give you a few days. If it's a deal breaker, you have to tell me now. Because yeah. I wasn't going to introduce him to my kids until we were established. So he didn't meet my kids until we were almost together for like almost a year. I just kind of mm. kept it like wow. it was, oh, I didn't know it was that long. Yeah, it was like yeah. maybe eight months. And yeah. then he came around because he was mom's friend who like helped build my TV stand from my yeah, did. <laughs> yeah. That's how I introduced him. So I just said if it's a deal breaker, I need to know. I just yeah. I have no idea what it's gonna look like in the future. I have no idea if he's gonna need to live with me for the rest of my life. I have no idea if he's gonna be independent. This is best case scenario, this is worst case scenario. And he basically said, it's not a deal breaker. So, oh, and he just walked in and brought me a Frappuccino. Oh, my God. <laughs> good my man good button. Man good button. man button. Big time. <laughs> I love it. Hi, Michael. Please, oh, my nice. God. That's so sweet. That's uh, so nice. <laughs> Kelsey kind of touched on it a little bit. <laughs> Oh, no, right. Uh, Kelsey touched on it a little bit, but and yesterday, <laughs> now he's wiping it off with a Clorox wipe. <laughs> the times we live in. Oh my gosh. Um, I talked to you yesterday while you were like talking to me. Uh, you were on an elliptical. You were telling the kids like, "Okay, go watch TV." Uh, yes. That's kind of probably. I would assume that's kind of what your self care looks like a bit right now, where it's like you're you're doing it, but you're also multitasking and like. How the hell are you taking care of yourself and taking time for yourself right now, especially? Uh, well, 
I'm not really, unless I'm forced to. So when you saw me on that elliptical, I was forced to go on it because in the morning, in the morning, I had told my husband, I said, no matter what I say to you, make me go on the elliptical, like make me go on the elliptical today. We have an elliptical. Okay. I hate that thing. But (laughs) I said, make me do something. Make me go on the elliptical. Make me go on it for a walk. Like you have to force me. And no matter how hard I push back, because I usually push back, I usually say, I don't have time. Mm. Force me. So when you, when I said, Oh, Delaney wants me to call her right now, he's like, Get on the elliptical. And I said, No, I'll just do it later. He said, If you don't do it now, you're not going to do it. Get on it. And he literally made me go on it because I told him to police me. Yeah. And so I did that. Today, he forced me to take a walk with him. So he's like, I'm going to walk the dogs. You need to come with me. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. I got to like grade some papers. I got to Zoom with my class in like a half hour. He's like, if you do not, if you, like he said, he said, it'll be easier later if you do it now or something like that. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been very hard today. He like, he literally forced me to take a shower <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not kidding because yeah. I just, I'm so my that one son- was for you and for him. He's like, I can't deal with <laughs> I, the smell anymore. Please. My, it's true. My, it's true. It probably Can you have true. your husband call me and make me shower <laughs> once a week? Cause oh man, I am stretching so, this dry shampoo. So my, oh, I should try that. So my, my son's first therapy appointment is at seven 30 every morning. So, and I have it that early because I have obligations for work. So I'm still working full time. So I'm literally working all day because I'm just trying to fit things in. So emails and then assignments and then answering questions and then zooming with my class or whatever I'm doing. And then in between I'm doing his schoolwork and therapy, whatever. So I literally set my alarm for 7:15. I get out of bed. I might put on a clean shirt and then I sit next to my son in his telehealth therapy. I'm He's in the camera. I'm off the camera. So I don't really, doesn't really matter what I look like. By the time that's done, when that's done, then I get on my work email or I'm in a meeting or I'm in a whatever. And so by the time that's all done, then it's time for his next therapy appointment. So I, I have not developed a very good routine. I'm starting to now but it took like two months. So I did, sh- and you do feel better when you shower. So I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I, he's, he's like literally forcing me. I said, I don't want you to micromanage me or police me because I hate that. I hate that in general, but I really need you to do it right now because I'm not taking care of myself. So I need someone else to do it. I need one thing off my plate. Yeah. So yeah. he's been really supportive in that sense, but we just, we also fight about it because I'm like, stop telling me what, what are you saying? I'm fat. I need to go on the elliptical. Sorry. And he's like, I said what you told me to say. Right. That's exactly what he says. Right. That's exactly what he says. He's I'm like, reading the sides. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm not saying like, there's this, this is in the cupboard. Don't let me eat it. <laughs> you know, but then right. I do. Right. Um, so, I know that when we spoke to, like, you talked about the differences and like the therapy, like before quarantine, like 
uh, people, like uh, when he would have therapy and stuff, somebody would come to the house, they would take him and you'd get some time alone to yourself. And now it's like, you are doing all of it. Like the, the people are walking you, you through the therapy yeah. to give him. And, but you said something really sweet the other day where you, you it's said been a blessing. Been like the, yeah. It's been a really nice blessing. Can you kind of talk about so, that? Yeah. So there is a silver lining to this quarantine time. First of all, I'm getting to spend way more time with my children, which has been wonderful because my older one is about to be 15 and he really just wants to be in his room all the time by himself and, you know, roll his eyes at me. And the other one, um, you know, so during, you know, regular life, cause right now we're not in regular life. I'm calling it a sci-fi movie. Um, the therapists, you know, do we do in-home therapy? So the, the behaviorists come to our house and they work with him, you know, intensively. And I'm there to, you know, sometimes just observe, sometimes to participate. Um, sometimes I would just sit and just kind of do, keep working, grade papers, read my emails or whatever while they were doing the direct intervention. So I was present, but I wasn't always totally present. You know what I'm saying? So they're not coming into my house right now. I'm fortunate enough where my health insurance is covering um, uh, telehealth so they can do it via like Zoom or whatever. They're using some program. And so they're doing their intervention that way. But that requires me being like the surrogate therapist. So they're telling me what to do with him. I'm doing it. And you know they're giving me feedback or whatever. And we have these live sessions. And that has been such a blessing because it's forced me to, to be totally present. I'm way more aware of his capabilities than I was maybe before. And now he associate, he's associating me with work type activities. And so now when I'm telling him to do things or whatever, he's responding to me better than he was before because, you know, certain tasks he would, uh, he, you know, he kind of, he has a little, I don't know what you call it, but he associates certain people with certain things, mm. right? So he wasn't associating work tasks and sitting at the table and playing a game and doing things with me because he'd do those with the therapist. So now I can say, hey, let's sit down and let's play a game or let's do this or that. And he's doing it now. So that's, that's been wonderful. So, um, that's been a real blessing. So I'm fortunate that I have that. So even though it's Uh, hard yeah, and you know, his schoolwork too. So his teacher has been amazing. I like, I have to give like shout out to every special ed teacher right now that's in the universe doing all of the special ed work for their kids. So, you know, he's in a very small class. He has like 12 kids in his class. His teacher who's also somebody I work with, but regardless of that, she has driven to the home of every single one of her students at least once a week for something. One day they had a parade. One day she drew, um, side, uh, she did the sidewalk chalk saying, hi, Harry, we miss you. Um, yeah, th- this week she brought over um, materials for a science experiment. <laughs> it's like grow your own sweet potato. Yeah, she's just dropping things off on the door, ringing the doorbell, checking it. Yeah, she's been amazing. And I'm uh and that's just her that's not necessarily been mandated by anybody you know she's just doing that because she cares so um but yeah it's forced me to be totally present and uh with him 
during this. So I'm hoping right. that, and I realize now when we go back to a normal kind of schedule, when the therapists come back into the home, I now, I don't want to be just, and it's, I want to be doing it with them at this point because it's taught me a lot. So yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I, I feel like now I'll be better able to handle him, like, especially in public or especially, you know, because yeah. When you yeah. go to work all day and you're, you're come home, you're tired, you're overwhelmed and your workday really isn't finished. You're trying to finish things and you have the older one asking for help with his homework. I would, the therapists were like a godsend to me because, okay, they're at least working with Harry, but now right. they're not here anymore. So I'm doing it. So, right. Anyway. Um, Joe, we do have to wrap up in a couple minutes. I have a few questions. Oh, I'm sorry. I talked no, so fine. much. No, oh my gosh. You've, you've been, been so amazing. amazing. You've been amazing. But I do have a couple, I think, just think there's, a few things that would be really important for our listeners to hear really quickly. Um, I know this could be an emotional question, so share whatever you're comfortable with. But oh my um, God. You know, when you when you think of like the future for Harry, like what does that look like in your head? What are the options? And can you kind of speak to that for? for I can. Uh, I probably will get emotional because I I have a really hard time going into the future. That it yeah. scares me, obviously. Um, I do, you know, I am starting, you know, he's 12, so it's not too far away, but it's still far enough, but I do know, you know, I, I've been reaching out more and more, like I'm on a ton of like Facebook mom groups for kids with special needs, fragile ex moms, you know, that kind of thing. And I, you know, I look at the ones that are older, the ones that have older kids, you know, what are you doing? And I do know that, um, at least this is what I've been told. So forgive me for any misinformation, but, uh, bef- you know, by the time he's 18, I need to apply for like conservatorship so I can make decisions for him because he'll be a legal adult. And so I need to be able to make medical decisions and financial decisions for him. I do not anticipate he'll be able to live independently. So, um, he'll stay with me or, uh, you know, ideally best case scenario, a lot of, you know, a lot of times you know, I would love it if he was somewhat semi-independent enough where he could live in like a nice group home or something like that. Um, but I really don't know. I, all I know right now is that by the time he's 18, I need to think about legally what I have to do for him in terms of being able to make decisions for him and then setting him up with any kind of like social services. What are the, what are those options? Um, you know, and that's where Regional Center for California has been very helpful to me. Um, I just had his like annual, we have a meeting once a year, you know, to kind of update his, you know, his case, his file. How's he doing? What progress is he making? You know, what do you need from us right now? And the older he gets, you know, the diff- you know, depending on his age, he, there's different services for people that, you know, you know, you didn't know necessarily existed. Right. So, you know, there's a whole community of people whose job it is to help parents like me. Right. So, um, which is amazing. They're all like social workers and that kind of thing. Um, so as he gets older, they tell me these are what you, you know, this is what you need to start thinking about. So, um, I'm hoping I don't put any pressure on his brother who's 14, right? I don't put any pressure on him, but my, my, my hope is that when I die or whatever, um, that he'll obviously watch out for his brother. If not having, you know, he always tells me, Oh, you know, he'll live with me one day. And I'm like, Oh, I know, but I'm like, but I don't want him to feel burdened by that. Right. But I mean, obviously 
he will have to be the person who is responsible for those decisions at some point, right? When I go or his father goes or whatever. So I just, I'm at the point now where, okay, you know, he's 12, he's going to be in the seventh grade. I really need to start thinking about those kinds of things, right? Right. Because those years fly by. My older one, you know, between sixth and eighth grade, he became like a sweet little boy to now he's like man boy. And so those years fly. Yeah. Those yeah. years fly by. And so, yeah. so I know my time is limited, but I still have time. So, but I am starting to think about those things and, you know, well, how did you do this? And how far in advance do you have to start? And everyone's like, well, you know, at least six months to a year before he's 18. And that, you know, although I'm just getting information at this point. Right. So may I, you know, if somebody is listening to this today, you know, tell me what I need to do, you know, like, <laughs> right. I'm sure there's going to be other moms out there. And that's my, that's what I, that's how I get the most information is right. not from a website, not from like a government agency. I get my info from other parents. And so yeah. that's what I would, I would say my biggest piece of advice to any newly diagnosed family is find other parents. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a whole world of people. It's like a secret club, you know, like, you know, there's most of my information and the things that I've gotten from like the state or from the doctor or from whatever have been because somebody else told me about it. Yeah. Perfect. So there's a whole like, yeah, that's exactly a good way to end. I was going to say, thank you. What do you want to say to other people? And you just said it, Josephine, thank you so much. You're amazing. And okay. uh, And anything that I said that was stupid. No, you were so good. You were great. Uh, I love you so much. And I love you I too, Haney. You, you know, I'm so proud of you. You're sweet. Thank you. Um, your, I will- your dick mug is on my shelf right now. <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna record a separate intro and all that. So you are okay. free to go. And thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank and you being so open. I'll Congratulations see you. on your Netflix special. <laughs> oh, thank you. Bye, you look Joe. very pretty in it. <laughs> thank you. Bye, Joe. Love you. Bye. Love you, Joe. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for uh, coordinating that interview, Del. I learned oh, yeah. a ton. I know. I had no idea. I had no idea what that was. It's amazing to me how passionate she is about informing other people. I think that's so important because I had no idea. I had no idea what that was. Oh yeah. Our whole family had no idea. And like, basically, um, yeah, when that happened, like we all became people who were like, okay, what is this? How do we, what do we do? How do we help? How can we support? And yeah. so, yeah, it's like our, our whole family is now educated on fragile X syndrome. So when I've actually come across people who have been, ta- who have talked about it before or something like that, and I can actually speak on like, oh yeah, I, you know, um, one of my cousins and stuff like that, or, you know, a couple people in my family also, um, have this and, so yeah, it's, it's something that a lot of people don't know about yet. It seems to be probably a lot more common than people would realize. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And I know Josephine pointed to a lot of incredible resources for people. Um, so yeah, you know, if you're listening and you're a new parent who, you know, whose kid was just diagnosed with this or something, check those out. I know she's told me that she's a part of a lot of like mom blogs and Facebook groups and, and all kinds of stuff. And she also told me that because of quarantine and stuff, like 
the reason that a lot of services are not available is because of like HIPAA laws and stuff like that. And like privacy laws where a group zoom call with, you know, special needs children would actually be breaking a lot of rules. And therefore a lot of people don't have access to even the services that Harrison has access to because Josephine said, you know, she's fortunate enough that her health insurance and stuff covers certain things, but a lot of people, um, parents and and children are actually going without a lot of stuff right now. And a lot of things are not provided by the school districts and stuff like that. So um, Josephine also said she is in the self helpless podcast Facebook group. And so if anybody has any questions for her or wants to connect with her, maybe you are a parent with a child, you know, with special needs or fragile X, and you have information for her as well. You can find her in the self helpless Facebook group. If you just say, Hey, Josephine, <laughs> she knows to kind of, uh, keep an eye out on, on the, the day or whatever that her episode airs. So right. that she's more than happy to, to speak with people and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm going to share an iTunes review of the episode and then we'll just wrap it up, uh, for this one. So this is from, um, love this app two, three, five exclamation point says my boyfriend and I listened to Taylor's Netflix special and I was immediately hooked to her comedy. I needed more. So I looked to see if Spotify had any content and I found self helpless and I have never loved a podcast more than I love this one. And I thought armchair expert was the top of my list. Nope, not anymore. Haha, <laughs> suck it, Dax Shepard. That's, that's me. That's not her Dax saying that. Shepherd, also, come on our show. <laughs> yeah, also don't suck it at all, Dax Shepard. It's just, that's kind of cool. Okay. Um, I love all of your humor, but even more, I find this podcast to be therapeutic and legitimately helpful. Your guests have been tremendous. Um, Jordan Pease and Kira in particular. Keep up the amazing work, and I can't wait to religiously follow your careers. Love you, gals. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. So very Thank you. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're about to record another episode for you guys, so we gotta go, but we love you. Hope you're staying safe. Yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, all right. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We love you guys so much. There are a few different ways you can support our show. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us move up the charts. You can also tell a friend about the show, post it on social media, and you can join our Patreon. It's where you can get bonus episodes from us and lots of really fun content, ways to interact with the show. That's at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And if you go to selfhelplesspodcast.com, that's where you can get links to all of our individual stuff. Delaney, where can people find you? You can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. You can find uh, the online courses there, one-on-one creative consulting, watch my comedy special, and find Dicks by Delaney there. Perfect. Tay, where can people find you? You can find me on ttomcomedy.com for tour dates and links to everything else social media-wise. I am at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. You guys can find me at KelseyCook.com for all my tour dates. My Instagram is at KelseyCookComedy. Twitter is at KelseyCook. Uh, please be sure to watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrist of Fury. I've had Delaney and Taylor on together. It was such a fun episode. And you can download and buy my album Savor It on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find comedy albums. We also want to give a shout out to our amazing producer, Lauren Mahoney, and our amazing editor, Emma Erdbrink. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.